and welcome to this episode of Demystified as we unravel home cooking in a modern world. I'm Linda and I'm here with Paul. Hello Paul. Good morning Linda. How are you today? Well. Very good and Paul there's a lot of I guess in our community at the moment there's a lot of fear about food and panic buying as we seem to be approaching an apocalypse Apparently. in Australia. I know it's quite disturbing watching the scenes and it is frightening to think that there are so many people who are maybe you know buying panic buying food that then will not be eaten which is a great concern to our communities when there's so many disadvantaged people not being able to get any sustainability's any gone out the window completely hasn't it all those amongst other things but and yeah goodwill all that, yeah. all that goodwill's gone and Paul, I know that you and I have talked about this before many, many years ago, and I know it's a big issue for you. Pantry essentials. What can we do to help us... Calm down a bit. <laughs> and also understand, you know, there are some things that we can do yeah. now, some simple things that we can do yeah. to help ride through, you know, any period of home um, home time that you have to that you don't feel comfortable going out or you can't go out so what can we do Paul yeah well okay so I suppose the um, beautiful thing about this if you can take a positive away from it is that what we might see and it's not great for the restaurant industry but what we might see is people starting to cook even more from home and Although, as you say, everyone's out, for want of a better term, panic buying. Um, there are some things which I kind of think that should be staples in your pantry. Uh, and some of those things, of course, you need to buy. Um, but a lot of them you can do yourself and make yourself. So everyone's going nuts at the moment for tin food, pasta, um, anything that's got a long shelf life. So what we also need to remember is that we can create shelf life or yeah, we can create shelf life with fresh ingredients too. So probably the main thing to think about when we're talking about fresh ingredients and what we can do with them. And I'm talking probably specifically vegetables more so than anything else um, is get pickling. Pickling. Yeah. Now that's something that my parents would have done back in the day when I was a uh, youngster. Yep. So that's 400 years ago for those people. Yep. But pickling... I mean, not, maybe not necessarily... Well, yeah, pickling amongst other things. So as an example, we're getting into the cooler part of... Well, we're in autumn now, aren't we? We are. Yeah, we're in autumn. Yeah. Um, and I've got a ton of tomatoes that just didn't... Well, I didn't plant early enough, so I've got a ton of green tomatoes. Now... I could just chuck them in the compost and happy days. But what I've decided to do now is make a green tomato relish and I'll do pickled green tomatoes as well. Um, all of these things are very, very simple to do. And there is very few vegetables that you can't pickle successfully. And you literally need vinegar, sugar, some spices and whatever it is that you want to pickle. And it's not a difficult process. And some jars. Um, I keep as a standard rule in my pantry, a jar of pickled shallots, pickled cauliflower. Um, pickled shallots, I'd keep a lot of because I use them a lot. Uh, and, a, and a chutney or relish or two that I've made myself. 
Now, from that, it's not just about spreading a chutney or relish on your sandwich, but you add that to the base of a curry, or you add that to even a pasta sauce. You take your pickled shallots and pickled cauliflower and chop them up finely and mix mm. them with a bit of olive oil and you've got a nice dressing for a piece of fish. Like, And one of my fat auntie's favourite recipes is relish on um, chops. Chops. Relish on chops, yeah. Relish Good. on chops. She yeah. loves it as a marinade. Yeah. And it's, so, it's really, really versatile, really easy to prepare. You can do slow pickles and quick pickles. Um, so quick pickles have got a higher acid content which means it pickles faster um, so they don't necessarily have to be kept for three months before you can use them um, but yeah what I would suggest to people is have three or four pickles in your pantry throughout the year I and buy your ingredients when they're in season so at the, at the moment cauliflower is not the best at the moment and everyone actually cauliflower is a really good example because cauliflower is a summer vegetable so there's not a heap around, so you wouldn't go pickling cauliflower right now because it's expensive and not the best time, but there's no reason why you can't go and get a whole heap of shallots, pickle them up. And what you can do with them is massive amounts of versatility in your cooking. Are there any vegetables you can't pickle? Um, I mean, well, I'm using pickling as a pretty broad term. Um, most vegetables pick up reasonably well. It depends on what you want out of them. So green vegetables will obviously lose their colour. Um, they get that a little bit unappealing sort of colour to them. But that that being said, you can make them into a, a chutney or a relish. So, you know, I suppose it's a type of pickle if you like. But yeah, don't you don't need heaps because they are quite strong in flavour if you like. But yeah, so... As a pantry essential with fresh homemade ingredients, that's that's one thing. Um, the other thing that we haven't done yet on the site, but I will do in the not too distant future, is we'll go and get some um, some tuna, and we'll essentially do our own sort of tin tuna, but we'll do it in in mason jars or something like that, and we'll cover it in oil and steam it slowly over a long period of time, and refrigerate it and have our own tin tuna if you like. So that's using our steam oven of course uh, more is a bit of a workhorse and a bit of a tool um, so with your pickles and stuff like that you can sterilize everything of course yeah. put your jars in the steamer and away you go um, so yeah I suppose without getting too extreme about this whole coronavirus panic buying shopping thing I think that's just good sort of kitchen management to have things there that are packed with flavor super easy to prepare and don't take almost no effort to, to build and make and you can do jars and jars and jars and jars of pickles in one day like and if you've got like with your pickled shallots as an example i know how much you do use shallots um is there anything that you have to do to them before you use them in your cooking like I just drain just off the drain, yeah drain off the pickling them. liquid. No, nah, don't don't rinse them. No, nah. and your pickling liquid. I mean, there are various, like I said, acidity levels for your pickling liquid. But if you do an equal quantity of vinegar, water, and sugar, that will give you a pretty good, pretty good pickle. So if you're not doing much, 
200 grams of vinegar, 200 grams of water, 200 grams of sugar, bring that to the boil and put some spices in there, mustard seeds, cloves, peppercorns, bay leaves if you've got them, whatever. Like just give it a little bit of spice flavor. Um, pour that over your vegetables once it's, bring that up to the boil, sorry. Pour that over your vegetables, let, let it sit and stand. And it'll keep, as long as they're submerged, that'll keep in your pantry. Three okay. months, four months, not a problem. Oh, great. I do know how good the steam oven is for sterilising because that's yeah. what we did with our olives, which we are getting through. And oh, that, that, there's another version of pickling. Look. Oh, salt and water. Yeah. And then olive oil. Yeah. Oh, that was great. We're making olive tapenade for people at the moment to yeah. use it all up because the next batch are ripening as we speak. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, with other pantry essentials, I think, Things like, of course, some rice, some pasta. Um, tin tuna is one I can't go past. Like, I have to have tin tuna because it's quick, it's simple, it's tasty. It's, you know, um, obviously responsibly sourced tin tuna. Um, but salt, pepper, you know, just the basics. You don't have to go and go nuts. So I think where you can get volume out of simple ingredients... So go and buy a kilo of polenta. A kilo of polenta will give you, for a for four people in a household, one kilo of polenta will give you a part of a meal and you can do so much with it. Um, it will give you like a week's worth as a part of a meal, if not more. A kilo of polenta in volume will end up being like five kilos. Once you add liquid, you know, milk or water and parmesan and butter or whatever, but you get so much volume out of it. And any leftover polenta, let's say you're doing a nice slow braise or something, you make some polenta, leftover polenta, pour it into a container and then chop it up, put some breadcrumbs on it and fry it. You've got polenta chips. Like, but you're getting massive amounts of volume out of something that's quite small. You don't need lots of, you don't need to go and buy 50 kilos of polenta. Um... To, you know, so if for all of those that are out there panicking, just don't go buy what everyone else is buying. Think about it and, and buy something different. Buy ingredients that do have good shelf life that also have a lot of punch. So things, I think, things like um, dried fruits are a very good choice because you can put a small amount of dried fruit into a braise or something like that, and you get a lot of flavour out of it. You can add four prunes to a lamb tagine, as an example, and it gives you a lot of flavour and a lot of punch, and it fills you. It's good for your body. Like, there's whole lots of things. So you, you don't need to go and buy 100 kilos of pasta and live off pasta. And to be honest with you, like, no one's going to be locked up for that long. That's true. And we had people for tea on Friday, for dinner on Friday night, and... There was no staples in there. It was it was tapenade that we'd made mm. and some crackers. Yeah. Roast beef yeah. with a whole lot of veggies and homemade ice cream afterwards. Yeah. Which was easy. Yeah. And none of that was stuff that people are panic buying over. Yeah. One of the things that you taught me years and years ago when we first started cooking with steam was the value of stock. Yeah. And Well, that's a good one. Yeah. I think stocks are something that particularly like the old my my friend who's Italian, her mum years ago would get the chicken, put it into some cold water with some carrot and onion, 
and bring it to the boil slowly and had this great stock which became soup yeah and then she'd take the chicken out and roast it yeah dry it off in the oven and have some salad or potatoes with it yeah and that soup if you didn't use it that night you could use it another night yeah. she'd put in some you know other little veggies or some risoni yeah i mean so simple a lot of yeah a lot do. of people will do a roast chicken once a week it's pretty you know, a, a version of a roast chicken once a week. It's a pretty common sort of um, relatively easy to manage, understand meal. The thing is, is they get this really nice chicken and they take all the meat off it and then they're left with this carcass. And that generally ends up going in the bin. Now, that chicken carcass that's been roasted and all the bones that are attached to it, put that in a pot of water don't have to make 50 litres of stock, we're not in a commercial kitchen, but put that in a pot of water, bring it up to the boil and let it simmer for about two hours. Now you can add spices and whatever you like to it. But that carcass, because it's been roasted, it's got so much flavour in there, you'll end up with what's known as a brown chicken stock, if you like, because it's a roasted carcass. Um, the best way, I think, to keep stock for home use is in ice cube trays. Ice cube trays. Yeah. So you pour, you make your stock, you let it cool, and then just pour it into ice cube trays. Stick that in your freezer, and then when you want some stock, you just pull out as many cubes as you like and bring it up to temp. Um, because it's hard to manage liquids in a freezer. Uh, bags aren't great, but ice cube trays, or a version of, um, is a pretty, pretty good way to do it. But yeah, if you're going to buy chicken or... Anything with a bone on it, really. You remember you've got potential there to make something after as well. And to make a base for you you know, make a make a stock and then turn it into soup and you, you add some pickles to it. Like and then some shredded chicken, a little bit of pickles, some fresh herbs from the garden, and maybe some noodles and a bit of soy sauce and you're sort of creating some sort of little broth type situation. Which, if you aren't feeling good... It's perfect. Yeah. So, yeah, I just... I think what I'm trying to say is, is just... don't You don't need to stretch your ingredients out to a point where they're no longer good. But just think about what ingredients you're going to buy if you are in the situation where you think you need to buy a year's worth of ingredients... Maybe think about what the ingredients are that you're going to buy before you buy them. Just because everyone's buying pasta, that doesn't mean it's the right choice. No. So I think you're better off buying semolina, polenta, uh, couscous probably is one. I mean, you can make couscous, of course, from scratch. Um, and, you know, some flour. If you want to make, if you want to do, you're going to have time on your hands if you are put into self-isolation. Pasta's not going to be a stretch. I mean, it's, it's flour and eggs. Like, and it'll be better. You know, so, I, yeah, I just, it's it's funny. If, if you're going to do rice, think about what you can do with the rice. I mean, you don't just have to do boiled rice or steamed rice. You can get your rice and toast it until it goes nice and golden brown and then crush it in a mortar and pestle and add that almost as a seasoning to, to chicken, to things. So just, I think what I'm trying to say is buy less ingredients, but think about how to stretch them out and do different things with them. And products like eggs. 
yeah. having eggs and some cheese. Yeah, well, I mean, we've also always talked about, um, I, mean, I think we have previously done sort of pantry essentials or written an article or a blog or something on it. But yeah, eggs, butter, olive oil, salt, um, vinegar, lemon is a good one to have on hand if you can, uh, a little bit of cheese and get a hard cheese, I think. Um, a hard cheese it gives you a little bit more versatility because you can cook with it and stuff um, but I mean stuff that people know um, but you know sugar flour really from all those you can create the base of like so many meals I mean everyone's seen, well a lot of people have seen MasterChef and they do like a mystery box challenge and they'll give them random ingredients guinea fowl mushrooms um you know some sort of weird sea lettuce and you know who knows right they give them this mystery box of stuff but in every one of those mystery box challenges they also have access to what they call pantry items which are salt butter olive oil you know just those things because really they're just concentrating on a protein but from everything else you can do so much like you know milk if you've got milk, flour, and butter, you can make a white sauce. It's a mother sauce. It's the basis of like so many different things. You can thin that out with some stock, which you've made, um, and then all of a sudden you've got what's called a velouté. Like you can. And you don't need much flour. You don't need four hundred kilos of it. No. We've seen people in our shops buying packets and packets of flour that. Yeah. You know, are they going to go home and make bread every day? No. Because I mean, if they are, like, great. Right. But, but we can still buy things in our shops. It's yeah. Yeah. So you know, and okay, a few tins of tomatoes and whatever. But you just you just don't need to go nuts with it. And I mean, one of my favourite dishes of all time is um, spaghetti with olive oil and garlic and a little bit of chili. Oh, it's yeah. Like, you and it's, Doug. You and Doug. Yeah. Favorite. Yeah, but it's. Look, three ingredients mm-hmm. is absolutely delicious. Takes no time to cook, no time to prepare. Um, so you don't need five thousand ingredients to make really good food. Like you just don't. You, you need good ingredients, but just yeah, think about other ways to use them other than what you've done before. And there's a lot of other meats. I know. I, I just laugh to myself when I heard that mince meat was now run out the shelves because yeah. it's always the last packet meat that gets sold normally yeah. particularly around Christmas but there's other cuts there's other ways of taking foods and bulking them out yeah. as you said with vegetables some sauce some curries yeah, I, you know, I, casseroles yeah. there's many ways of taking some food and making a little bit more and having it yeah. if, you, if you are are worried about being at home yeah. there are some things that you can do call on friends to deliver food to your door yeah you don't Although, I mean, you just, like, if you can't get if you can't get mince get you know let's just say get a lamb shoulder on the bone take the meat off the bone finely dice it make a ragout you know you're still use, doing a similar thing but just make a ragout and then you've got a ragout for your lasagna, a ragout for your gnocchi, a ragout for your pasta, a ragout for anything you like, a toasted sandwich. Like, mm. you know, just because you can't get exactly what you're used to getting, um, 
it's not the end of the world. This is the Apparently, thing. Like, yeah. I think we watch too many apocalypse and zombie movies. Where I hate the them plot? too. That's the thing. I hate those movies. Oh, I love them. Yeah. But we're not there. We no. are. We are living in a modern world with food deliveries, so we can just. Yeah, and just be, you know. Be mindful. That be and be kind to people that, you know, no. maybe can't cook, uh, or don't have the ability, physical ability to cook, and let them get the pre-prepared. And don't let your anxiety get on top of you. Mm. It's, we are going to be okay. Yeah. We have still living in a very modern world. Yeah. And I mean, like... We have resources. Yeah. And, you know, a hundred years ago, okay, different story. But we're, we're not there. Yeah, we're not there. And we've got to remember, we produce enough food globally to feed the globe like four times over. Like, every year. And it's, Australia produces enough meat and enough vegetables to feed us. Yeah, exactly right. On so, an ongoing basis. Yeah. And we do make things here still, which was surprising. I think we all at first thought that all of our produce came from China, all of our home goods, our mm. supplies. And we've now realised that we do make things in Australia, which is actually a really good thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I think we, yeah, just need to calm the farm a little bit. Just and think a little bit differently about... Like you said before, a tagine, yeah. which can be in a tagine or it can be in a, in a casserole pot. Yeah. Any pot with a lid that just lets the steam generated within the, the container cook and cook it on a slow, long time if you have the time. If you're going to be at home and you're feeling like you do need to spend some time at home away mm. from people, cook slow. Cook yeah. long and slow and have proteins and vegetables so that um, you've got that meal over one or two nights. And save some of those staples for times when you have run out or you yeah. don't need them. Yeah. No, that, and that's probably a really good piece of advice. Save the save the staples for when you really do need them. But just, I mean, this is only through experience over, and we've talked about it over this past weekend, is seeing people buy to like absolute extremes and knowing that, as you said, in the not-too-distant future, once uh, this settles, as far as the whole coronavirus, once it settles a little bit, people will be left with oodles and oodles of food, and then it will have a use-by date or a best-before date, and it'll end up in the bin. And it is oh, just like... It's going to be appalling. Yeah, it's... Uh, people are doing it with appliances. They've been well, buying we've heard, we've chest heard freezers. Freezers are uh, in yeah. in high demand and sold out. Yeah, and freezers. that's and that's like. What are we? You know, it just it does my head in, Paul, to think yeah. that we've turned so quickly against each other in our community. Well, the funny thing was, I mean, in the recent past, we saw how good people, when they come together, can be with the bushfire situation. But I think what we found now, Paul, is that you can be good when it doesn't cost you anything. The minute you think your little patch is going to be yeah. somehow compromised, then we've we've forgotten our basic yeah, and we and humanity we, yeah. that we are all in this together. Yeah, we will get past. We live in Australia. We're really lucky. We've yeah. got food, more food than we we export. Yep, yeah. we've got we've got manufacturing going on, bringing in our other supplies. Yep, yeah. and worst case scenario. Go down to a pier, get a fishing rod. 
you know, and catch some fish or catch some calamari or if, if you're that concerned about not being able to get it, pretty much you can get it here. Like, you can get it here. And there's some of the smaller butchers. Keep some yeah. of the, the small retailers going. Yeah, and, and don't not support, support them. Yeah, and don't not support local cafes and restaurants and things like that. I, having come from that industry, oh, I can see the writings on the wall as far as people not going out anymore and not being social. Now, there are a few, but there's not that many restaurants that can at one point in time hold 500 people. So you might have restaurants that hold 50 people. It's not a problem going to a restaurant that holds 50 mm. people. Don't not support that industry. And the only reason, I, I mean, there's a lot of industries in trouble, but don't not support those industries as well because hospitality will, as you would know, being doing what you do, hospitality is a fine line industry. Once things like this happen, a lot of places shut down pretty quickly. Oh, I feel for all the, the businesses because they're still going to pay their rent and it's a huge issue. Yeah. But but it is short term. It is, yeah, and it is short term. And when I, and I think, well, you know, although we've sort of gone off tangent a bit, I think when we talk about pantry essentials, before you decide what they are, think about for you, think about how you can stretch ingredients in different ways so you don't have to buy as much so there's enough for other people to buy. That's right. Making a white sauce and making tuna pasta, as an example, requires an extremely small amount of flour. Yeah. So when you've bought your 30 kilos yeah. and you're looking at ways of using it... Although, I, I mean, uh, over the weekend I saw people buying... I went to a food wholesaler and I saw people buying 25 kilo bags of, of flour. Now, I bake bread often. I do all sorts of things, make pasta, all sorts of stuff with flour. And a regular household getting through 25 kilos of flour is a, it's a big ask. It's a long time before all of that's going to get used. And I would more likely say than not that you're probably going to have bags and bags of flour being thrown out as well. Oh, it's just like what a waste. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely yeah. waste. So yeah, like that's probably a best example is, you know, something like flour. You only you only need four hundred grams, if not less, to make a big loaf of bread that will last you two days. Yes, like four hundred grams. It's just yeah, it's. It's a little bit out of control, but I, I think what I'm trying to say is, is just make sure you buy enough to make yourself feel comfortable. Um, but think about what you can do with it. Flour is not just for bread making. It's a good base for your sauce. It's a, you know, you can stretch these things out. So you don't need 25 kilos. Buy a kilo, two. Buy two kilos of flour. Buy a kilo of polenta. Madness. Buy, you know, it's just, just madness buy, out there at the moment. Yeah, just, I think the most important thing is if people continue to shop like this, it's the people that can't afford to bulk buy, can't afford to, uh, can't get to the markets or supermarkets or grocers or delis or whatever, um, and they're getting chewed up and spat out. Like, it's just not able to keep up with younger, fitter, more cashed up people. So, yeah, just stretch your ingredients, make some pickles, 
um, have a look at your pantry and go, okay, if I have 18 of tomatoes, what can I do with that? How many meals can I get out of a 400 gram tin of tomatoes? Because you can get two meals out of it quite happily. That's 200 grams and you can feed four people. If you're smart with how you use it, you'll get more out of it. It'll cost you less. Everyone has access to it. Like there's a lot of benefits to it. So it just... And I love your idea about repurposing the carcass of a chicken or the bones of a roast. Yeah. If you've made it because that's a great idea. And you get soup or stock. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. So... Yeah, I think with your pantry essentials, they're not just pantry as in, you know, the stuff that sits in the dry in the dry pantry. You, you know, a pantry essential to me is things like stock, which go in your freezer, is, you know, pantry stuff can go in your fridge and freezer. You know, it's not, don't just think of it as, okay, I've got to have pasta, rice. Flour. Flour. I'm not sure they were going to do with it all, but... Yeah. Well, thank you for that, Paul. No worries. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of Demystified as we unravel home cooking in a modern world. We'd love your feedback and for you to subscribe. And for more information, please go to our website, cookingwithsteam.com.